Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable, and it is time for Sunday Morning Alive right here on our website. We'd like to wish you and yours a blessed new year. Of course, if it's blessed, it's going to be happy, right? Hallelujah. Let me say something about happiness on the onset here. While we uh, wish you all of the joys of Jesus this coming year and all of the blessings of the new covenant, hallelujah. Praise God. Friend of mine, God loves you so much today. And I know we're in a time of, 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 well, it's not the great tribulation, but we're certainly in a world of tribulation. And we're in a world of trouble today. Uh, but God loves you. And we have a message today that I'm going to go ahead and announce the message while we get ready to go into it today. Life at its worst reveals love at its best. This is what I'm inspired to share with you in the preaching and teaching this keynote message going in to this brand new year. I wish I could tell you that that everything is just going to smooth out and everything's going to be just fine. Don't worry, we're going to get a conservative uh, and we pray that we do get a conservative president in the office. Uh, pray that we get also a Christian president in the office. Wouldn't that be wonderful? But pray more than that, that no matter who is in political office, that we might find as God's covenant children that God's love is so powerful and profound that in spite of all of the circumstances, all of the devil's devices, all of the culture's uh, hatred <laughs> and, and animus, that we might find the, the, the comfort and the consolation of the love of God in Jesus Christ this coming year. Friend of mine, God has great things in store for His covenant people. Make no mistake about it. God doth put a difference between the righteous and the wicked. It doesn't mean that we're not going to go through things. It doesn't mean that having faulty bodies in a fallen world isn't going to give us a lot of trouble and grief. But I'm telling you, the love of God is mighty and strong to hold us and keep us through it all. Hallelujah. So once again, life at its worst reveals love at its best for every single child of God in every kind of circumstance and situation. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to the book of Romans, and I want to read verse thir Romans chapter 8, and let's read verse 32 and verse 35 through 39. Listen to verse 32, one of my favorite scriptures here in Romans, because it, it to me, I put above it in little letters, this is the logic of the cross. It would be illogical and unreasonable for us to doubt the love of God and doubt his desire to help us and bless us in spite of the circumstance if if we really, really believe this scripture. Amen. Listen. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things. Now, for time's sake, just come to verse 35. 
who shall separate us, literally what shall separate us, from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, perilous times that we're in? Look at it. Trouble, war, or sword, literally war. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. I'd like an amen and an amen to the Word of God this morning, this brand new Sunday morning, first Sunday morning of a brand new year. Amen. And the question that we're answering today through the Word of God is what shall separate us? Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation, in verse 35, the Bible says, in this world you shall have tribulation. Jesus promised tribulation. However, you won't find it in a promise box. You know, one of those little boxes you get, some of them shaped like the bread for the bread of life. And it's filled with promises of God. Amen. And every one of them are positive. You won't find in any promise box, amen, a promise of trouble. And yet Jesus said, in this world, it is a personal promise of Christ to every child of God without exception. In this world, I usually ask my congregation, my literal congregation, physical congregation, amen, hallelujah. I ask them, is there anyone here that is not part of this world, this fallen world as it is today. Is there anyone here not part of this world? Is there an alien here from another world? Or are we all part of the same fallen world? We are. And the scripture said, in this world, you shall have tribulation. This is not just the, the, the pagans and the sinners and the atheists and the agnostics and, and all the rest. All of us face trouble and trial in a fallen world that is under the curse that sin has brought. Now, the curse of sin concerning you and I and eternity has been broken, but we're still under the curse of a fallen world. And that's why there's disease, and that's why there's death, and that's why all of these things are happening to all of us now, we who are people of faith can believe God to heal us of a disease. We can believe God to deliver us from a situation. We can believe God to keep us through every situation. So shall tribulation, thelpsis is the word, and it means the strong pressures in life, anguish and pressure. And it's like the treading of grapes in a winery, this kind of pressure, the pressure that burst and trouble us, that squeeze us, that, that press us down and oppress us in this world. You and I shall have pressure. 
we will have tribulation. Now, Jesus, if he left us just in this just quandary, uh, we would be in a real mess. But he said, but be of good cheer. You see, he told us something that just makes us think about all the pressures of life. Living in a faulty body in a fallen world with a formidable foe called the enemy. Oh, the pressure of it all. Listen, but he said, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. I want you to cheer up in spite of all of that. You see, life at its worst, dear friend, reveals love at its best. On the cross, it seemed that life was at its worst. For Jesus Christ, that He was being being He was being punished for our sin, and He was slowly dying a painful death on the cross, and it looked like all was lost. But what was being revealed on that cross was love at its best. If the Father loved us enough to deliver up His own Son in our behalf, how shall He not? What a, what a demonstration of His love. Not just a definition theologically, but a practical, personal demonstration of that love. What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation is mentioned. Will tribulation, will you let the pressures of life convince you that God's love isn't flowing to you, that Jesus' love is not overruling and overriding that? Amen. Will tribulation separate us from His love? No, it will not. Be of good cheer, Jesus said. I have over come the world hallelujah in other words i've robbed it of power to harm you glory to god see this is what we're addressing today will tribulation no it will not hallelujah will distress hardship that's what distress is outward affliction plus inner stress and anguish the word is used to describe being caught in a tight place between high rocks. You've heard the term, haven't you? That's what this word means. Between, I'm between a rock, <laughs> a rock and, and, and a high place. Praise God. I'm between a rock and a hard place. Are you feeling like you've been caught between a rock and a hard place? That's what this is, this is addressing. God's love is still intact toward you. And if you don't lose trust in Him and start doubting His love, biggest lie the devil's going to tell you when trouble comes that if God loved you, He wouldn't let this happen to you. No, God loves you enough to give His Son for you. And I'm going to tell you the cross has to speak to us louder than what we may be feeling or sensing at any given time. Let the cross scream, I love you every single day of your life and declare that love. The Scripture said, We've known and believed the love that God has for us. For God is love. Hallelujah. Are you feeling like you've been caught in that rock and a hard place? Is life squeezing in on you? <laughs> Listen, am I talking to someone who carries a heavy burden? Have you grown weary of life and feel beaten down by life? Have you come to the place where you feel like you can't take it anymore? Has life become an overwhelming burden to you? I'm not just talking to Christians today that have that covenant of God. 
But even if you're not a Christian today, I'm going to declare you, for God so loved the world, including you, including me, when He called me to salvation and I responded to His call. Amen. He loves you today. He can't express that love to you in terms of saving you and committing Himself to be with you every step of the way through this fallen world. But He loves you today enough to give His Son for you. And the Bible said that God commends His love to us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Hallelujah. Friend of mine, God loves you today. If you miss heaven, it won't be because God never loved you or couldn't love you enough to save you. In fact, He's loved you so much, He's already given heaven's best so you could be saved today. Hallelujah. Listen, Jesus said, Come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest in Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Literally what he's saying is, I will rest you. As we exchange our burden, he gives us rest. And you can rest in the full assurance today that God loves you. And the devil will tell you because of your circumstance, if he loved you, why did he let this happen to you? Don't believe the devil's lie. Let the cross declare his love and let it be settled. Shall persecution separate us? It means to be hunted down like an animal and killed. You know, the scripture says in the new covenant, we are persecuted, (laughs) but we're not destroyed. We are hunted like a deer, but we are not destroyed. Hallelujah. Why? We have a treasure in an earthen vessel. Persecution is here. I wish I could tell you that the world's going to finally figure out being a Christian and, and that a Christian is, is a wonderful person, a loving person, a giving person. But they hate us because we believe the Bible and we follow Jesus Christ. Oh, friend of mine, persecution never really, really, truly hurt the church and really, truly won't hurt the true church today. The false church is going to try to make concessions to the world to avoid persecution. The true church is going to wear persecution like a badge of authenticity. Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. And all those that live godly are going to suffer persecution. (laughs) Amen. Listen, marvel not if the world hate you. It hated me before hated you. But it says, if the world love you, you have no reason to rejoice because the love, the world embraces and loves its own and you are not of the world. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm glad to be part of a, of a kingdom of light and not a part of the kingdom of darkness. How about you? Shall persecutive separate us? No, persecuted Christians are some of the purest Christians there are because they, it is actually costing them In many situations in our world today, their very life is on the line for following Jesus. Oh, there's a great move of God in the Muslim world, in the Muslim world, and many Muslims are coming to Christ. Some are encountering Him supernaturally, and and there's a move of God to bring in hard 
core uh, Muslims that have been taught something so different from the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the power of God, the Spirit of God, the truth of God is penetrating the darkness today. Hallelujah. Shall persecution separate us? Is, is the fact that, that you're being ostracized from certain friends and, 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 and you don't like to not be embraced by the world? Friend of mine, you need to, you need to find you some Christian brethren. You need to hang with them. Forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is, but much more as you see the day approaching, exhorting one another. Hallelujah. Shall distress, shall persecution, Answer is no. God's love is flowing in the midst of it all. Shall famine and hunger, which are brought on by drought or persecution, like the people in Jesus' day, we worry over what we will eat, drink, or wear tomorrow. And Jesus said God would take care of the basic necessities of our life. Why worry? Because of a sense of inadequacy. Jesus said, Seek ye first, in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things that we worry about, concern ourselves about, and in some cases compromise our faith because we're so afraid that we're going to do without. <laughs> Shall the fear of, of the loss of these things separate us from the love of God? No, it will not. Amen. Just put the king first and thereby the kingdom first and all these things shall be added unto you. When we seek the kingdom of God, we become super conquerors. <laughs> we become overcomers. Praise God. This is a kingdom where victory reigns, where God reigns, where Christ reigns, where God rules. Hallelujah. And this God that rules is able to take everything we experience, every th circumstance we find ourselves in, and cause it to turn out good to them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Then there's nakedness or lack of clothes because of no means of getting them. Economic persecution is brought on because they could not find employment because they were believers in Christ. Paul is addressing that. Have you lost a job? And yet you can't, you can't go buy that new pair of shoes. You can't go buy that new suit. You can't go buy that new dress or that new designer handbag. Amen. Shall that separate us? Does that mean God has stopped loving us? Is just the, the possession of material things evidence of God's love and without it the cross bears no, no, no uh, place of import in our life? Oh, friend of mine, life at its worst reveals love at its best. Listen, shall, shall peril, shall peril the Bible said in the last days perilous times shall come. It means danger. Dangerous times are here. Peril is dangerous. Perils of any sort. The King James Version uses the word peril eight times in Second Corinthians 11.26. In journeys, 
in journeyings, often in perils of water, in perils of... Listen, this is the Apostle Paul. Come on, this is, this is not the New Age preacher riding around in his, in his Bentley. <laughs> Come on, this is, this is not, this is not the, the evangelist that gets a, a, a thousand dollar a night suite of rooms in the best hotel and orders the, the best, uh, the, 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 the $500 steak. <laughs> Amen. If there is such a thing, and I'm sure there is. In journeyings of a second Corinthians 11:26, the apostle Paul, listen, in journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, what? The apostle Paul, what's wrong with his faith? What is wrong? He wrote 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament, but certainly he needs to buy somebody's book off the shelf in a Christian bookstore because somebody knows how to avoid all the perils and dangers of this fallen world. Listen to what Paul says. In journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. What? False brethren? You know, somebody said it one time. They said, living with the saints above, won't that be glory? Living with the saints below, now that's a different story. Amen. I say that tongue-in-cheek, but this this really is a serious issue. There ever is a time that we need uh, to hang together, stand together, work together, serve together, bear one another's burdens, pray together. It is now. Amen. Sixth thing, the Lord doth hate seven are an abomination. Number one is pride, and number seven, to complete it, is he that sows discord among the brethren. And the New International and the NASB use the term dangers, 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 dangerous. We're living in a dangerous world, but we have a faithful Father that we can look to to keep us through it all. Then there's the sword. Shall the sword do it? The sword of judicial execution because of being a Christian. Paul was later to be executed by the executioner's sword because he is a believer. Did it stop God's love? Did God not continue to love him? Absolutely he did. Paul quotes Psalm 42.12 just as it is written. For your sake we are being put to death all day long. We are considered in verse 36 as sheep to be slaughtered. And what's his attitude toward the pressures and circumstances and, and all of the changes that come in his life? Some blame God and whine life away. They spend their whole life. <laughs> Someone come up with a little, little bumper sticker, a little, little saying, a little sign that said, we're, we're born, we're born crying. We live dis, we, we live dis, discouraged and we die disappointed. Born crying, live discouraged and we die disappointed. Others yield those sorrows to him and are drawn to a sweeter, more intimate walk with Jesus Christ. Listen, verse, listen, all things, 
in verses 28, 37 through 39. For some of these things draw us closer to Christ. They cause us to cling harder to Jesus. They cause us to go running to our Savior, knowing His love never fails, knowing He will give a sufficient grace to us. No one and nothing can sever our relationship with Christ because He will never cease to love us. He loved us enough, speaking of God the Father, that He gave His Son. If Jesus loved us enough to give His life, how will He not? How will He not (laughs) freely give us all things? Can these things separate us from Jesus? No. Christ's love for you and I never changes. If none of these things can affect a separation, why should we ever be afraid? God keeps us secure in His love. But in all these things, verse 37, but in all these things, these things, we are overwhelmingly conquered through Him that loved us. We overwhelmingly, we are more than conquerors. Amen. You know what that word is? It's super conquerors. (laughs) Hallelujah. He doesn't say we're copers. But super conquerors. The word is made up of two words and one that nikeo, which means to carry off the victory, to come off victorious, and hooper, which means above. Thus to come off more than victorious, to gain a surpassing victory. (laughs) Hallelujah in the Greek. That's amazing. We are super conquerors, more than conquerors. Jesus Christ proved His love by sufferings. Therefore, our sufferings cannot separate us from His love. Nothing in life can stop God from loving us. Neither life, nor death, nor angelic power, nor demonic power, nor human influence can separate us. God accomplishes His eternal purposes in and through all of those things that are so negative sometimes. He causes us to grow in the likeness of Christ as the pressures of life are applied. He does not promise to take us out of that pressure, but to fashion us through it that we become more and more like Jesus. And we gain a surpassing victory through the one who loved us. Listen to verse 38 and 39. For I am convinced that, are you going to be convinced today? Are you, have you, have you got your faith in the love of God today that gave His Son for us? For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I am convinced, I am persuaded, is the original tense. Amen. I have come through a process of persuasion to a settled conclusion, according to one commentary. Is that the evaluation of life? Can you say it with conviction? The word powers may be referring uh, to the mighty works of power, miraculous works or spiritual powers above or below the level of the earth. Paul is saying God is sovereign. And nothing of all of His creation is outside of His control. 
The Lord God will accomplish that for which He's purposed, and He will not fail. Nothing and no one can defeat His eternal purpose. In spiritual warfare, mighty forces, supernatural, affecting the natural and using the natural, are arrayed against the people of God. But through Him, they overcome them and remain irrevocably encircled and empowered by His unchanging love, according to F. F. Bruce. <laughs> oh, friend of mine, it's always amazing to me to see how God turns defeat and disaster into victory. He uses what we would call defeat to produce His ultimate victory in our lives, just like He used what looked like a cosmic defeat when Jesus died on the cross to achieve a cosmic victory for those who put their trust in Him. Hallelujah. He accomplishes goal. Even through suffering, He makes us more than conquerors. Friend, they're hurting people all over the world watching you and me to see how we handle life. Christ should make a difference in our families, our marriages, our workplace, our witness, and our church. Let's continue to demonstrate to a lost community the difference Jesus makes in His body, the church. They'll know that we're Christians by His love working itself out in our lives and flowing through our lives to one another. Use your suffering. Don't waste your sorrows. Grow through them. Use your suffering to grow closer to Jesus. Let Him cleanse us of indwelling sin with His blood. Teach us how to minister to others who are hurting and bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ. Have you come to the place where your back is to the wall? You know what somebody said? Somebody said one time, kiss, speaking of trials and tests that cause us to cling to Christ even more. Someone said, and, and I think it was C.H. Spurgeon, I, I'm not sure about that quote, but someone of his level of influence and integrity who walked out his Christian life in victory. He said, kiss the wave that slams you against the rock of ages. Kiss the wave that slams you against, hallelujah, the rock of ages. Have you come to a place where your back is against the wall? You seem to have nowhere to turn. You feel overwhelmed and powerless. Are you at a place where you feel weak and frail in your spiritual life? Are you in need of His enabling? <laughs> Amen. Congratulations. Now, now. You are in the place where you can experience this super abundant victory in Jesus Christ. I want to close with this today. I like what, what Harmus, Harms Calkin wrote, Ruth Harms Calkin. She said, God, I may fall flat on my face. I may fail until I feel old and beaten and done in. Yet your love for me is changeless. All the music may go out of my life. My private world may shatter to dust. Even so, you will hold me in the palm of your steady hand. 
No turn in the affairs of my fractured life can baffle you. <laughs> Satan, with all his braggadocio, braggadocio, <laughs> he's a braggart, isn't he, cannot distract you. Nothing can separate me from your measureless love. Pain can't. Disappointment can't. Anguish can't. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow can't. The loss of my dearest love can't. Death can't. Life can't. Riots, wars, insanity, <laughs> hunger, neurosis, disease, none of these things, nor all of them heaped together, can budge the fact that I am dearly, deeply loved, completely forgiven, and forever free through the Lord Jesus Christ, your beloved Son. Oh, friend of mine, hallelujah, friend of mine today, there is victory in Jesus. Quit seeing yourself as a victim of your circumstances, a victim of the persecutions, the victim of the tribulations of life. See yourself as you truly are if you are a child of God. You're more than a conqueror. You're a victor because of Jesus and because of this kind of love. You know, back, I, I'm a child of the 50s. I guess I'm still a baby boomer. I'm a part of that era after World War II, born in 1947, getting ready to turn 75 years old. The longer I live, the more troubles I experience. I wish I could tell you that I have developed my faith to such a level that I can command every circumstance, every road to be smooth. Ah, but friend of mine, there's going to be tribulation in this world. But Jesus says, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. I've robbed it of power to harm you. I've went before you. I've experienced everything that you're going to experience and I've overcome it. But I know what you're going through and I bid you, come to me. Run to me. I know how to help you. My grace will be sufficient. My love will cover you. My love will keep you through it all. Oh, Christian friend, this year, let God wrap you in His love and take you through it no matter what and showcase us to the world. Let them know there's hope and there's help in Jesus Christ. Today, if you don't know Jesus, you don't have that hope, you don't have that help, but it's offered to you because God loved you enough to give His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him would not perish. Run to Him. Confess your sins and repent. And let His love cover you in Jesus' name.